Welcome, everyone, to episode 285 of the Thumbstick Athlete Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. I'm well. Corey. Uh, today's topic is going to be our 20... 20- oh, actually, I should say before we get started, Eric is not here because he's actually visiting here. He's not on the episode because he's back in New York visiting family, so that's why he's not actually on the episode. But I, I don't... He, I'm sure he told us his, his thing, but hopefully he's back next week. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't remember what days he's going to be here, but I forgot that he even said he wasn't going to be on until this yeah. past week. So, well, it's, I mean, it, it's hard to remember anything anymore. You know, yeah, if I don't write it down, it's out of my brain in 10 seconds. Yeah, we need. But an, anyway, we need an operations manager. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. That's what we should. That's what we had our intern for. Yeah. Till he just kind of stopped showing up one day. Yep. He's an asshole. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's going to be our 2017 games preview, and this is going to be part one. There will be a second part to this. A lot of games to cover. We didn't want to have a four-hour games preview episode, so we'll split it into two episodes. That also ends up working out nicely because the end of next week is the all the Nintendo Switch reveal stuff. So I can imagine the week after next week's episode will be our Nintendo Switch episode, and then I think it goes right into like Resident Evil and stuff like that. So it, the schedule kind of works out nicely. Does anyone have anything they want to tease for later on in the episode? Star Wars Rogue One. Oh, you saw Rogue One. I did. I saw it actually two weeks ago at this point, but I uh, didn't get oh, a yeah, chance to talk, talk about, about it, it last week because of the thummies. But uh, I'll do a spoiler-free chat about it if you guys are interested. And obviously, if you Absolutely. have any questions, I would love to answer them. Yeah. But that's it. I did not play any new video games. I haven't really played a video game that's not true. I did play two new things, but for like five minutes. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I just I haven't really sat down to play anything lately. I don't know. Just, okay. Just you know, giving my uh, palate a cleansing break before mm-hmm. we start uh, start up. There's no big releases this month until the end of the month, right? End of the month, as far as I could tell. Okay. Will, did you play anything you want to talk uh, about later? Just a ton of Final Fantasy 15. Mm-hmm. That a boy. I probably put in. T- 27 more hours since I last talked about it. Nice. Okay. Yeah, uh, I'm nearing the end of it, so I'm anxiously waiting to get back to it. Very cool. Uh, I There's a free trial going on right now for Black Desert Online, so I played a little bit of that, which I will talk about during what I played. So that's all I have to tease. Uh, well, let's get started. Corey. Give us your first game. In any particular order or no? Any particular order, however you want to do it. Okay. Let's start at the back of, of the, the list that I did. Uh, we, I don't know if you mentioned this, Dan, but these games that we're going to talk about today are all games we sort of picked to talk about, so we have some sort of interest in them. Uh, in the past, I think we just kind of did did it chronologically, started in January, and went through the games, and obviously spent a little more time talking about the ones we, we cared about. But this year's a little more different. Um, so my first one, game I was at least mildly interested in is star trek bridge crew which is a i guess what would you call it a bridge a space bridge spaceship simulator. bridge simulator developed by red storm and yeah that's exactly what it sounds like it, it is a vr game uh, it's set in the bridge of the uss agus which is part of the if you're a, a trekkie part of the new kelvin timeline uh the new movies with chris pine that timeline and you are fully immersed in a VR environment, and you work as a team 
with three other people. One of you is a captain, one of you is the helmsman, one of you is the tactical officer, and one is the engineer. Uh, with The goal is just pretty much to explore. It's the old uh, prime directive. Um, go where no man is blah, 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 however it goes. But I did read a report saying, and I don't know that this is true because it was just a report, that the campaign focuses on your crew finding a planet for Vulcan refugees to settle. Uh, after their planet was spoiler destroyed. So that's a possibility. It is uh, the game, based on what I watched, we did see a trailer of it at E3 with LeVar Burton really hyping it up. Mm-hmm. And I thought he did a really good job. of. Uh, he seemed genuinely enthusiastic about it. Yes, you know? yes. And, and maybe also interested in gaming as a whole. I don't know. He didn't go into too many specifics about that. But the way he talked about this game... Um, comparing it to to games we've played in the past you know it seems like he at least has a working knowledge of of how games work and how this is uh something special in that regard granted i'm sure he was paid a lot of money to say that but it like you said it it did seem genuine so that was refreshing uh in that trailer we saw a klingon attack we saw you know the team working together they were all in the same room i assume there will be online because you're in a virtual environment anyway so you can see each other online and chat that way and stuff like that um, and all the impressions I've read from people that have played it, pretty good. Very impressed. Uh, I read a couple that said that it's the game that is worth buying virtual reality for. Oh. Which is... It's the one, huh? Very promising. I don't know if I'd go that far based on what we've seen. I'm excited. Right. I would like to be able to play it at some point. Uh, I don't know if I will. But you know what it reminded me of is uh, that type of game on a very small scale is Space Team, a game we all played yeah. on our phones. Uh, it seems very much like that. Like people are yelling out commands and, and you're manipulating things on your screen and going back and forth and trying to do it faster and faster and faster. Uh, I kind of got that vibe from this. Obviously, it's in a, a much more prettier, uh, immersive environment, but that's kind of the the feeling I is got there, from watching. Is there any information on platforms? Platforms are PlayStation VR, Oculus Rift, and HTC Vive, and it's coming out in March. Something like that would be perfect because I can imagine it's not too graphically intensive. Something like that would be per. I don't know. I I just remember from the trailer it not looking super graphically intensive. Right. That would be something that would be perfect for the Samsung Gear VR. Yeah. So it's a headset that's a lot more accessible for a lot of people. If if you own a, a Galaxy phone, it's you know it, you can get a used or not a used one the the first version for like sixty bucks. Right. Yeah, I actually did, in reading one of the previews, somebody mentioned how the bridge itself isn't particularly gorgeous, but there are Mm -hmm. other parts of the ship that you can go to that are meant to appeal to the eye. Gotcha. Uh, I guess that's, I don't know, because all the gameplay is happening on the bridge. Uh, There's probably, that's probably why it doesn't look as nice, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I think for Trekkies, this would be a dream come true. Absolutely. And that's Star Trek Bridge Crew. Star Trek Bridge Crew. Uh, possible release date? March. I don't know specifically. I didn't see one. Okay. Sounds good. Will, what do you got? Uh, my first game is a little thing called For Honor. Uh, this game is going to be developed by Ubisoft Montreal and published by Ubisoft. This game comes out February 14th of 2017. This is a hack and slash game set during a... Uh, an unspecified medieval period, and there's three playable factions. There's the Legion, which is like the knights, the Chosen, which is like samurai, and the Warborn, which are Vikings. 
Uh, and each faction has four classes that are split up. Uh, there's the Vanguard, which is like the balanced class, like, you know, is good on offense and defense. There's the Assassins, which are the fast and great at dueling uh, with enemies, but they're bad at dealing damage to like multiple targets. There are Heavies, which are good at taking damage and controlling points. And then there's the Hybrids, which are a combination of all three who do some uh, small other stuff that they didn't really specify in the notes that I was going through. But uh, basically, the player fights through the battles with their class-specific weapon. Uh, and as they kill more enemies and do um, well with the mechanics and stuff like that, their weapon unlocks feats, which makes it way more powerful and gives it like bonuses to like health and uh, regenerating health and stuff like that. Uh, and there's like one-on-one dueling, which looks a little bit more uh, technical than your usual hack and slash. You can kind of like direct where you want to you know, slash the person and like how you want to dodge and stuff like that, which looks pretty cool. Um, I'm pretty interested in this game. I've always been really big into hack and slash games, so uh, and the time period looks really cool to me, and how um, how they have like the the ancient factions kind of going at it in the olden days. It looks really cool just to see like you know, uh, Vikings. Like it looks really cool to me. Uh, but this game I could also see has potential to be pretty boring. I don't know if any of you have seen any gameplay from it. Uh, I'm just playing it in the bit. chat right now, and, and what we saw at E3, what makes you say that? Just the fact that it's a hack-and-slash game? I kind of feel like, you know how with the E3 trailers, they always make it seem way better than it really is, like Watch Dogs, for example? Yeah. I worry that that'll be the same thing, because when you watch the gameplay, it looks epic, and you hear your guys storming these bases and stuff like that, and you hear like the cheering from your team, and it looks really awesome. But, like, when these games actually do come out, you do kind of never know what you'll end up getting. Right. Yeah. So, that's my worry. And especially with Ubisoft, they've had some issues with um, that sort of thing. That is true. Especially, like, Watch Dogs is the prime example of of that. Um, But, yeah, no, it looks cool. I think regardless of how it turns out, I'll probably like it, so... Has there been a game like this to come out recently? Is is Rise Son of Rome similar? I never played. Yeah, I never played Rise, but it does look fairly similar. Yeah, I guess. uh, Yeah, yeah, okay. Because it's more technical than like a Dynasty Warriors type game, Mm -hmm. where that's just mindlessly mashing the button. It looks like there's a little bit more to the mechanics than that. Right, button prompts and, and whatnot. Yeah. So, um. Yeah, no, I'm excited for this game. Definitely has my interest peaked. But that's For Honor. Okay. Release date? Uh, February 14th. Who was the developer again? Did you say? Uh, Ubisoft Montreal. Oh, okay. But obviously published by Ubisoft. Correct. Okay. Uh, now, I only have two games. Unfortunately, that was the only time I had to, to do my notes. So the other games I'll, I'll cover next week when I ha- hopefully... I'll, you know what? I'll start these notes like tomorrow, so I can hopefully get them all done by next week. Yeah, right. <laughs> My first game is uh, South Park: The Fractured Butthole. B U T W H O L E. Apparently, they wanted to have something about time in a butthole, but actual butthole. But they apparently retailers were upset of having uh, upset by having butthole on a package for, uh, for something they were going to sell. So they. <laughs> They went back to the think tank and came up with the name, which is reminiscent of Dark Souls too, which I like. I There's think the name, 
they knocked it out of the park. Yeah, there's a lot of butthole, buttholing, uh, like tongue butthole <laughs> with B U T W H O L W H O L E or H O L E W H O L A. Yeah. <laughs> Developed by Ubisoft San Francisco and South Park Digital Studios, published by Ubisoft. Uh, expected release day of quarter one, 2017. Not sure exactly when for Xbox One, PS4, and PC. Takes place after the events of The Stick of Truth when a falling out or Cartman's planned superhero film franchise causes the boys to split into two groups causing a civil war. The player is still known as the new kid, but apparently in this one you can be a of the female gender too, which I know uh, some people had took issue with that with the first one, that they couldn't, couldn't play a female character when your character in that game is literally a blank slate. And I don't even think ever even says anything, do they? I don't remember them saying anything. I remember you could like put all the parts on like like long hair and clothes like like a girl, but um, you still were still technically a, a boy, I guess. But what does combat that even mean this... anymore? Yeah, I don't know. Combat seems to be a bit more strategic in this one too. There's like a like a grid based system, and uh, you know move your move your units or your you know your superheroes around on the grid. And uh, like range attacks, you have to be a certain amount of spaces, spaces difference. And I, it seems like there's the a way to use objects in the environment too to your advantage during combat too, which is also also pretty cool. But it's, no, it's probably the game I'm most looking forward to early this year. I would say, uh, just because I love the first one so much. Yeah. When when does this come out? It's quarter one. Quarter that's, one. That's as specific as I. I could find because I know they delayed it into quarter one, but I figured by now they would have had an or a release date for it. Yeah, not the case. Interesting. I hope it oh. doesn't do stick of truth like it delayed a bunch of times. Yeah, I'm just hoping it's not as buggy as the stick of truth was when it first came out. Was there a lot of bugs with that game? It was fairly janky. Yeah. Well, Obsidian. Was it Obsidian that made it? Yeah, that their first. Fair share with uh, New Vegas. It was. It was Obsidian. You're right. But yeah, that's South Park, the fractured butthole. Corey, what do you got? Butthole. Tacoma. I hesitate to call it a walking sim just because I don't know. But it is from the company that brought us Gone Home. And everything I have seen about it leads me to believe it is a walking sim. But... Uh, hey, another one. Yeah, another one. Um... I'm not going to sell it short yet. We'll see when it comes out. But uh, it was announced way back in December of 2014. We don't know too much about this game, so everything I, I talk about is kind of vague. But it was announced way back in December of 2014. Uh, futuristic sci-fi game set in an abandoned space station. And your goal as the player is to piece together what happened aboard the ship. Uh, what happened to all the people? What went wrong? If something went wrong, who knows? Um... And the way you do that is by interacting with the former crew, which still exist on the ship as augmented reality avatars. Uh, which it turns out, the reason why the game took so long was the way your character interacted with those avatars apparently was not very interesting once they playtested the game last year. Um, and that was the reason for the major delay after the feedback from the playtesters. So. Mm-hmm. Beyond that, we don't really know. There are some gameplay videos running around, but uh, it is sort of a mystery walking sim, whatever you want to call it. Um, Q1 
for Linux, Mac, Windows, and Xbox One. If you're going to make a walking simulator, at least make it in an interesting setting like this one, you know? Yeah. That's my feeling so well, far. Well, interesting to you and me is different from right. interesting to, to other people. Some people would consider the sure. Gone Home setting very interesting. No. I didn't. It was an all right game, game, guys. Come on. You're selling it short. I never played it, so I really can't comment. But <laughs> You also uh, didn't walking, spend $25 on it. <clears throat> walking around someone's house reading diary entries just doesn't sound all that interesting to me. It's good. It's just not game of the year. All right. I'll take your word for it. Will. Tacoma? Uh, oh, my thoughts on Tacoma? Uh-huh. Oh, I will probably avoid this and... Probably even if it gets praised, I'll still avoid it because Gone Home got praised and I spent the $25 on it and played an hour of it and that was it. Yeah. Oh, so you didn't even play the full game? No, that was... That's, that was can't, the... that's not right, Will. You can't criticize it that harshly. I saw the big reveal at the end and did not care one bit. Well, if you, hadn't play, if you haven't played the full game, I wouldn't expect you to care about the reveal. Gone home? Yeah. Corey, that game was an hour long. Is that how long it was? I thought it was like four hours. No. Oh. I would never play four hours of walking around reading cursive diary entries. That, that sounds like a miserable time. Hmm. I will literally check my Steam library right now and tell you how long. Uh, I got to find the gone. Okay. Hundred minutes. Okay, so, so the, almost almost two hours. The main story is two hours long. Okay. According to howlongtobeat.com. If you're a completionist, you can eke out an extra hour to get three hours from it. Oh wow. That's if it takes you a little longer to walk between one place and the other. Yeah, yes. you get lost and confused. That uh yeah, it depends on how, how often you hold down the sprint button. Right. <laughs> Anywho, that's enough about gone home. Well, what's your next game? Uh, my next game is Halo Wars 2. Uh, this is being developed by 343 Industries and Creative Assembly, and it's going to be published by Microsoft. Uh, this is a Microsoft-exclusive game, so it'll be on the Xbox, and it'll also be on the PC as part of its Play Anywhere. Uh, so that's a pretty good deal if you buy that game. You'll also have it on the computer. Uh, it comes out February 28, uh, 2017. So, um... Or 21st, I'm sorry. I scrolled down too far. Uh, so it's a sequel to the first Halo Wars, and it takes place 28 years after the events of the first game, uh, and shortly after Halo 5. So the first game closes with the UNCS uh, warship Spiritfire and you're in cryosleep and drifting out into space. Uh, but the the uh, the Marines, uh, the Spartans actually, said that the Spiritfire was declared to be gone, so nobody bothered to look for it. But this game opens up with Captain Cutter and his crew waking up at Ark, which is a forerunner. Uh, building, and from there they come into contact with the Banished, which is led by a brute named Atriox, who uh, they end up going to war over each other um, for the land and stuff like that. Uh, and when they wake up, they kind of learn about all the events that have happened and transpired from the events of the first Halo Wars all the way up to Halo 5, um, the Covenant War and all that stuff. Uh, but where this game shines is going to be the multiplayer. There are going to be six multiplayer modes. Five of them have been listed so far. There's Skirmish, Strongholds, Domination, Deathmatch, and Blitz. Uh, the only new one is Blitz, which is a new game mode where they kind of have the base built up and everything like that. 
and to deploy units, you have like cards from Hearthstone, so you can kind of keep everything going pretty rapidly without you yourself having to micromanage everything. Uh, for those who don't feel like building a base and everything like that, which is kind of the allure to these games, so it's kind of an interesting game mode. It'd be interesting to see how it works. Um, but yeah, other than that, a lot of the game uh, is pretty similar. The beta they did the at uh, E3. They announced that the beta was now available for everybody to try out, which was kind of a cool thing they did. Uh, so I played a lot of it then, uh, and it's a lot of fun. It's going to be another solid game. I uh, also like that they're doing another uh, Halo Wars, too, because as Eric said, that they've just been sticking to the shooter. It's kind of cool to see them kind of expand out into another genre with this IP. Especially since the original Halo was originally supposed to be a strategy game. Yep. And, I mean, the last Halo Wars was in 2009, so it has been a really long time for this game. So, I'm really excited for it. This is probably the game I'm most excited about, um, besides the new Zelda, but I'll get into that in a little bit. Okay. Uh, The only other game I have covered for this week is called Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice, developed and published by Ninja Theory. It's apparently a AAA indie title, is what they're calling it. It's set to release in 2017 for PC and PS4. Uh, not a very interesting name. No. It doesn't, uh, doesn't quite convey what the, what they're going for for this game. But what's interesting about Hellblade is the that it's set in Celtic mythology, which is something that isn't in any other game that I'm aware of. You know, there's a lot of games set in, you know, like uh, Scandinavian mythology. And, you know, there's various mythologies are covered. Greek mythology that sort of stuff, but I don't know of any other games in Celtic mythology, which is interesting for me. Uh, it's an action hack and slash game with some brutal combat, apparently. It's focused on the point of view of Senua as she goes on a journey through an underworld made up of her own psychotic manifestations. So you're kind of getting into the brain of someone with a mental illness, which I think is really interesting for a setting for a game. And as I said, set during Celtic mythology. I dig it. I, I, I like your your description. I I've totally forgot about this game. It's because of the name. And I think yeah, I was gonna say I think you're right. Maybe uh, one of the most interesting games with the worst name out there. Yeah, <laughs> I would think. Yeah. There's not a lot video wise. There's a few like cinematic trailers and there's a supposed gameplay trailer, but there's really not been a lot of details on it other than than what I just covered. So so the video still still a bit of a mystery. The video I've got playing in the Twitch stream currently is uh, titled Hellblade Six Minutes of Gameplay. Yeah, I watched that one. It looks pretty cool. Yeah, it's interesting. So that's going to be a mystery title. I think that one could be, you know, Sleeper. Sleeper, yeah, it could be a sleeper. Like I said, it's all under that radar with the uh, (laughs) generic name. (laughs) It's uh, you, you, you think of it as like a Diablo clone. Hellblade, you know, like a a knockoff Diablo clone type of game. Uh, And, you know, Ninja Theory made some some really interesting games, too. They made the DMC, Will, which I know you really like. That game was amazing, the reboot. Yeah, Yeah, so. Yep, that's all I got, unfortunately. Corey, what do you got? I got a game that actually has a really good name and a game I didn't know was in planning uh, until I was setting up for this episode. And I'm very uh, excited to talk about and see and play once it finally comes out. It's called Sunless Skies. 
Uh, strategy role-playing game, I feel like, would be the best way to describe it. Probably some roguelike elements in there by uh, Fail Better Games, who did the Sunless Sea game, which is based on a board game. Uh, loosely based, I guess, from what I understand. Um, yeah, made by the same developers. And I, I, I have a hard time describing what these games are. So I actually went to the Fail Better website and just took their description because I think they can sell it a lot better than I can. Um, yeah. And let me just read this because it's, it makes me very excited. The Victorian Air Empire in Space... The High Wilderness, a blistering, wonderful night among the thrones and domains of the stars. The Empress has abandoned London and led an exodus to the High Wilderness to carve out a new British Empire. With the Empire being increasingly authoritarian, Bohemians, revolutionaries, and outcasts like you are trying to make a life for themselves on its fringes. Um, Fail Better Games is an independent studio. They're doing a Kickstarter for this game in February. So who knows if it'll even come out this year. Uh, they're in pre-development as of... I forget what, what day that blog post was published, but I think it was just a few months ago. Uh, and the game will be out for Windows, Mac, and Linux. If you never played Sunless Seas, it's one of those games that I highly recommend to people who love strategy games. It has a very, very unique style. Uh, it's It's basically... How could I describe it? It's like, if there was a whole underworld or a whole world of the dead that consisted of pirates that would be the best way i would describe it but you're doing the uh shipping thing that you do in a lot of strategy games these days where you purchase something at a certain price and find a new market for it in a different area but what makes the game so good is the writing and the storytelling within it Uh, you create a captain and you try to keep your captain alive um by doing various things and, and, and acquiring certain amounts of supplies to get you from A to B, including food and fuel for your ship. Uh, but all along, you're uncovering these really fascinating stories and, and treasure maps and, and all that fun stuff. Did you ever end up playing Sunless Sea, Dan? No, I, I, I downloaded it forever ago. It's still on my computer, and I keep meaning to try it. Another interesting thing that the game does, at least from what I gather, is it's constantly downloading updates which is new stories and stuff like that that you were talking about, Corey. It's constantly know. updating all that stuff and, and adding more and taking stuff away. And so it's it keeps it fresh. Yep. And there is a, an element of uh, procedural generation or random, however you want to say it, uh, within the game itself. So I really, really enjoyed Sunless Sea. Uh, a little difficult for my liking, so... I hope they kind of address that stuff for, for Sunless Skies, but, I mean, that the whole idea of that game uh, existing in outer space is just mind-blowing to me, and I cannot yeah, the, wait the, to play it. The premise is great. Yes. I love the premise for that. If I could pick a studio to work at, I think it would be this studio, solely because I would love to work on this game. Uh-huh. And I, I, well. I don't pay for... Uh, kickstarters anymore but i think i will contribute to this one okay at least the cost of the game so sure yeah that's some of us guys how much covers the cost of the game we'll find out in february oh okay probably 20 wasn't some of the c20 i think it was more than that actually 25 i yeah i think 25 or 30 i know i bought it on a sale at some point Mm -hmm. so worth it still still worth it timeless game too in my opinion all right, well, 
Uh, so my next game is going to be Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, this is developed by Guerrilla Games and published by Sony. Guerrilla Games did the Killzone games. And this comes out February 28th of 2017. The plot revolves around Aloy, a hunter, and Archer who lives in the world overrun by robots. Um, she lived her whole life being kind of sheltered uh, in her tribe. Uh, and eventually she sets out to discover the dangers that kept her sheltered for so long. Uh, the character makes use of ranged melee ranged melee weapons and stealth tactics to combat the mechanized creatures who remain uh, who remains can be looted for resources. The game features an open world environment for Aloy to explore, divided into tribes that hold side quests to accomplish while the main story guides her throughout the whole world. Uh, this is a third person action role playing game. Um, these machines I, like when we watch the E3 trailer and any gameplay after that, like there are these giant like uh, robots roaming around in the world in this like post-apocalyptic world, uh, and like everybody is like hunters and gatherers that looked like from the olden days, like when they were in like I don't know the BC times. You know, it looked really cool to see that. Like I think this world is fairly interesting compared to some other uh, worlds that I've seen. There is also going to be no loading screens in this game, which is something that's pretty cool. Uh, I think loading screens can, long loading screens especially, can kind of really take you out of the game if it takes too long to uh, get you into the game. Uh, as I mentioned, there's crafting, uh, and you can get all of these parts from the machines that you can kill. And there's going to be, you know, your typical day-night cycle with dif- differing weather effects and stuff like that. Uh, and also, like I said, there's going to be the three different tribes that have quest lines that are separate from the main quest line. And also, have a fun fact: the lead writer of the Fallout New Vegas game, John Gonzalez, wrote this game's story. Cool. So, I'm nice. kind of interested because I really liked the New Vegas story. So, I'm interested to see how this one is. Yeah. But I'm pretty excited for this game. Um, this is my Sony exclusive that I'm probably the most excited for this year. Yeah, that that's a game that I I was looking looking into. Looks good. Yeah. Um. It's gonna be a, February is gonna be a busy month with For Honor, Halo Wars Two, Horizon Zero Dawn. Like, sure. it's gonna be a tough one. It's gonna be an expensive month. But luckily, Eric and I share games, so it won't be that big of an issue. And uh, I borrow all Dan's games, so yeah. Yep. As long as they're on Steam, it works perfectly. Yes. You won't Unfortun- be able to borrow. You won't be able to borrow Mass Effect Andromeda from me. Yes, because that's Origin. Origin. Yeah, we can figure that out. <laughs> uh, speaking of Mass Effect. Well. Yeah. Next on your list, Corey. Speaking <laughs> of Mass Effect. Uh, also, I, I don't know. There's something about Andromeda. Like, it just sounds it just sounds so nice. It just rolls off the tongue. Mass Effect Andromeda. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's the I'm game. It. Yeah, me too. Uh, sci-fi action RPG developed by BioWare. So the player controls Sarah or Scott Ryder who is the commander, their siblings, who is the commander of the Tempest. Do you guys get the impression that whichever one you pick, the other one dies at the beginning of the game? <laughs> no, but thanks for ruining that for me. I just That's just how I think is what's going to happen. Could be. You know? And yeah. it's, uh, it's set 600 years. The, the events of the game takes place 600 years after the original trilogy. I love that I can say that, original trilogy. I don't know. If you can't tell, I'm I- very excited for Mass Effect. <laughs> I wasn't well, until recently. I actually don't like that. No? No, that it takes place that far after. Why? Because that means you're, that means the ending of Mass Effect 3 meant nothing. Well, it kind of meant nothing anyway. 
Yeah. No, I don't like that. Dan, they even tried to fix it, and it meant nothing. <laughs> well, true. I, I don't mean to me it meant I, nothing. I mean, like, well, that happened, and, like, where do you go from that? Unless you start it. Well, I don't want to spoil it. I was, well, you, I was hoping old. they would they would send out this this ship before the before the events of the trilogy ended. You know, like, they sent it off. They did. And it was happening. Let me get oh, there. It just, it just, oh, okay, it just took that long. Yep. Uh, okay. So, yeah, as I said, the, the events of the game take place, place 600 years after the original trilogy. Uh, and the goal of the Tempest and the ship you're on and your, the goal of the game is to find new planets for humanity. Um, actually, it shouldn't be humanity. It should be all of existence because yeah. there are a lot of alien species involved uh, to colonize. So the Milky Way species formed the Andromeda Initiative shortly before the events of Mass Effect 2. Which is okay. your question. Um, yeah, that's fine then. That's when it, the planning began. Planning? When did this thing take off? When did it actually launch? Yeah. Uh, that's a good question. But I assume right there around. Yeah, probably after. not that long after. Yes. Sure. Okay. So you do not pick a class in this game. You, uh, the, you progress as you please and reassign your skill points wherever you want at any point. You don't need to... You know, take a minute or use an item, a uh, one-time use item to reset all your skills. You just kind of change them as you go and, and experiment and uh, figure out what works best. There are some other changes to the gameplay, but none of them I felt were interesting enough to really talk about. Game Informer described it as subtle changes, so they they're, I think they're the only publication to have had a hands-on with the game. So that was their opinion of it. Uh, and of course there's the old standbys in your Mass Effect games, like your dialogue tree... Uh, of course, no Paragon or Renegade system. We like Shades of Grey. Romance options in uh, even multiplayer. There was some discussion of multiplayer, like the Mass Effect 3 stuff, cooperative online the Mass Effect 3 multiplayer was really good. I actually. agree. It was very good. Very good. Uh, and we just got a release date for that this week, March 21st in, the, in North America and the 23rd in Europe. And that's for all major platforms, PC, PS4, Xbox. I was surprised by the release day. It's a lot sooner than I thought. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> so excited. Just the sure. idea of... It, like, the open world is the Andromeda galaxy. And I know they're not going to... Obviously not... It's not No Man's Sky size galaxy uh, for the best. But just the idea of, like, the Andromeda galaxy being the playground in Mass Effect Andromeda just huh? blows my mind. Yeah, I can't, agree. Can't wait. Will, what do you got next? Uh, I got Breath of the Wild, the new Zelda. Developed by Nintendo, published by Nintendo. It's coming out 2017 for Switch. And I mean, is the Wii U like done at this point? Yeah, it's been done. It, it was done since the beginning of this year, I think. So no Breath of the Wild on it, huh? Oh, I don't know about that, but there's actually... They seem to think now that Zelda will be a launch title for the Switch. There was just reports today about that. So. Okay. So that's quarter one, right? Well, I guess we, we find out soon, don't we? We'll find out next week, yeah. Actually, week from today. On, on my birthday. Yeah. That's exciting. Happy birthday to me. Yeah. Um, but this is the first ever open world Zelda game where you can literally do whatever you want whenever you want. Um, and they said the game world is 12 times bigger than the Twilight Princess world. That really means nothing to me because I don't really remember how big Twilight Princess was. Um, 
So the story starts out with Link awakens from a deep sleep and a mysterious voice guides him to the now ruined kingdom of Hyrule. He meets an old man and learns that the century prior, Calamity Ganon appeared to lay waste to Hyrule, unable to be defeated. It was sealed within the Hyrule Castle while the ruins were ravaged by nature over time. Although trapped, the Calamity Ganon has continued to grow in power and Link must defeat it, uh, defeat it before it breaks free and destroys the world. Um, so in this one, you can use any weapon you find and, wa- and wear any different kind of armor or clothing you want. And it actually, like, you see the differences in the character when you wear different armor. So you're not just wearing the, the green tunic the whole time. Uh, you can kind of wear different stuff. And each thing has its different stats and sort of, you know, like, you know, better defense and so on and so forth. And all the weapons have different stats. And also in this one, Link finds t- a piece of technology called the Sheikah Slate, which allows him to upgrade his powers, like slow down time. He can make bombs and stuff like that. Yeah, um, a lot of crafting. Cooking yes. is another thing. But Cooking, I saw, crafting. I watched a lot of the Nintendo Treehouse from E3 on, on the Zelda Breath of the Wild, and they were exploring a snow area. Mm-hmm. They didn't have access to the stuff that they needed to make. Because uh, you can't let your character get cold, so you have to put on like winter, your winter outfit or whatever. But yeah. they didn't have that, so there was a food they could craft from you know stuff that they gathered to you know let them explore the snow a little bit, and it would slow down the the time until Link froze and lost all of his health. I was like, right. oh man, I you cannot could, wait to play that. <laughs> I would not expect they'd kill you off like that. That's pretty yeah. cool. This this is probably, as I said earlier, this is probably my most anticipated game besides Halo Wars 2. I know we were talking about it in the chat with Corey, uh, and he said that he's excited to play it, but he's not anticipating it, which blows my mind. Well, it's because he won't be able to get a Switch right away, right? Uh, I probably will. I still got to trade in my Wii U or try and sell it to somebody, and then uh, I still have a $50 Amazon gift card, which I was kind of mm-hmm. going to spend on a uh, video card. I've been saving it since last year, mm-hmm. so I don't know. I it, it's not. I shouldn't. I shouldn't say I'm not excited for. It. I'm excited to see what the next Zelda has to offer. I guess would be the best way to phrase it. Uh, but just in just like watching the gameplay and stuff, it looks fun. It looks like more Zelda. But it, I'm just interested interested to see how that all comes together more than anything. It looks like Zelda with fewer boundaries. Right. Yeah. That's true. I don't okay. know. I just think I think out of any game this has a ton the most potential really to be amazing if that makes sense because hmm. like I don't know I look at Halo Wars two like they're not doing anything different like um what was the other game for honor I don't see that game like blowing people away really maybe Horizon Zero Dawn what has about potential Andromeda will I mean Andromeda definitely is a game that could blow everybody away because um, we also haven't seen a ton of Andromeda. We've seen two small gameplay trailers. We've seen a lot of Breath of the Wild at this point. Andromeda is my 2017 game of the year. Already? Okay, are, we, are we planning it already? <laughs> Just based on the trailer. <laughs> that reminds me. Did was everybody okay with Final Fantasy 15 winning our game of the year? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know if Eric was upset about it or not. Uh, I think I think he said he just was glad it wasn't Stardew Valley. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm fine with whatever wins. It was democratically voted on. Yeah, and I actually didn't talk about it too much during the episode, but uh, I sort of protested the group award when we first did it. You know, I, I participated, 
just out of yeah. generosity. <laughs> but yeah, I'm okay with it. I don't. I don't really care to be honest with you guys. What the what the group winner is. I just want to. I, I just want to know why people pick what they pick. I don't really care what yeah. the result is. No, the reasoning is more important than than the pick itself. Right. Definitely. Oh, I care. I want to be right every year. <laughs> It'd be nice. It'd be nice to pick the winning game every year. I've had a good track record. You're doing all right. I don't think my track record was very good this year for picking the right games. But anyway. Yours was, yeah, Breath of the Wild. I don't know. I'm really, really, really excited to play this game, and I really hope it's a launch title for the Switch. That's what I'm hearing now. So we do we find that out, too, with the Switch press conference? Probably there's good, there's going to be the press conference on the twelfth, and then on the thirteenth they're doing a treehouse stream with okay. Switch stuff. So that'll probably have more information in it than the actual Twitch, re- the Switch reveal, I should say. See, I don't want to get my hopes up and be like, we're going to get so much information because you never really know with well, Nintendo. It's, nin- it's Nintendo; they'll screw the pooch somehow. Yeah, they'll talk about Super Mario Run again. <laughs> Stupid game. Uh, yeah, that's Breath of the Wild. Corey, what do you got next? I just have one more. I was going to do Persona 5, but isn't that already out in Japan? Yes. And, like, people that are, that are excited about Persona know everything about Persona. I know very little about Persona, and I wouldn't... Another one, like, I, I understand it's very good, and I understand that series is very good. I've just never played any of them, so I don't really have any uh, point of comparison to talk about Persona 5, so I skipped it. But another game that's already out in Japan that I'm mildly interested in is, in, is Tales of Berseria, a fantasy role-playing game by Bandai Namco. It's the 16th main entry in the Tales series. It's crazy. 16th. Uh, it's one I'm also interested in, Corey. Yeah, another one. I played, what was the last one? Tales of Zestiria. Zestiria, yeah. Uh, and I liked it, but it was one of those games that just came out at a time where there were more interesting games to play. So I just kind of played maybe four or five hours of it and then moved on uh, I liked it but uh, maybe maybe this Berseria will come out at a time January 24th uh, where I can give it a little more love um, not too much to say other than it's reviewing very well out of Japan uh, people seem to like the characters and the story very much and some of the gameplay elements so just another really good Tales game I guess it comes out the same day as Resident Evil 7 Oh, oh, so yeah, uh, the uh, PS4 release date is three days earlier than the Windows release date. It's uh, the 20, okay. 24th on PS4 and the 27th on Windows. Uh, okay, gotcha. So it's three, three, yeah, three. Uh, I don't know if I'll be able to afford both of them. Well, it's also <clears throat> very exciting to see the Japanese role-playing games having a yeah, timely a release on PC. On, on PC. So yep, not coming out years later. Right. In yep. a crappy port form. Right. Okay. Will? Uh, let's see. Ukulele. Now, this is a game that, like, I heard a ton about, but never really paid attention to, I guess, because it was a Kickstarter game. Uh, it was funded on in June of 2015, raising $2.1 million, which is the most funded uh, UK-based game on Kickstarter ever. Um... Now, do you guys remember what the most funded Kickstarter game was? Star Citizen. Star Citizen? I don't know. That's gotten the most crowdfunding. 
I don't know if it was specifically Kickstarter or not. Gotcha. I could Google it quick while you chat, Will. Uh, yeah, so this game is developed by Platonic Games and published by Team 17. So these are two teams that did uh, Banjo and Kazooie in the Donkey Kong Country games. And this is, you kind of get that vibe when you see like the main character in some of the gameplay. So the gist of the game is it's an open world platformer. And it follows Yuku, Yuka and Laylee, who are a... Uh, one sec, let me find it. Okay, Yuka is a chameleon, and then Laylee is a bat. And the two of them work together to work their way through the puzzles of the world, which is pretty reminiscent to Banjo and Kazooie. And uh, each of them have their own like different abilities and stuff like that. Uh, and they solve puzzles to the vast uh, game world, which I guess is pretty large. And perform challenges, unlock different bounties, and try to stop the corporate creep, capital B, from his devious scheme to absorb all of the world's books and convert them into pure profit is the what the story is about. Um, yeah, like I said, follows gameplay elements of Banjo and Kazooie. So I've never played a Banjo and Kazooie. Have any of you? Uh, yeah, back in the day. Yeah, on Nintendo 64, back in the day. Oh. Okay. So this will be my first uh, uh, attempt at this type of game because I don't really know how it'll work with the two different characters. Like, is it going to be? Do you control both of them at once? Like, I don't know. Don't know. I don't know how they're going to do it. But I know everybody. I've seen this game on all sorts of the gaming outlets. Like, everybody's really, really excited for it. So I hope it de- delivers. I don't like seeing these failed Kickstarter games and people being upset because I've been a part of a couple of them and I've been angry with them. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's ukulele. Okay. Corey, you don't have anything else, right? No, but to answer Will's question, the uh, I'm not seeing Kickstarter only, but the most crowd source the most crowdsourced game funding wise was Star Citizen with hundred and forty uh-huh. million and 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 rising. Wow. A ton of money. There was only one more crowdfunded project that has raised more money. And I'm still trying to figure out what it is, but it raised 160 million, and it's called the DAO, uh, which, according to Wikipedia, the DAO was a digital decentralized autonomous organization and a form of investor-directed venture capital fund. It sounds like a shadow business or something, you know, something weird that yeah. I probably don't want to investigate. Sure. Or you'll turn up missing. Yeah, some, something like that. But Star Citizen was number two, a freaking video game with 140 million. Wow, uh, and then number five was Prison Architect with nineteen million. Wow, I didn't know that game got that much money. Me neither. That's a lot. I have that game on my wish list. Huh? Yep. Interesting. Any other games, Will? Yeah, I got kind of two more. Uh, the other one for me is Days Gone. Now, I tried to do some research for this game. There's not a whole lot. It's developed by SIE Bend Studio and published by Sony. It's an open-world zombie survival game that takes place in a rural environment. Uh, The player controls uh, Deacon St. John, who is a drifter and former bounty hunter. The game takes place two years after the global pandemic that turned millions into what these zombies are called freakers, which are quick-evolving zombies. And there's two types of freakers shown off uh, so far, which was in the E3 trailer from Sony, uh, the newts and the hordes. And then the open world, they throw all of the buzzwords out there, multiple ways to complete an objective, 
uh, open world, stealth, dynamic day and night cycle, uh, vehicles, crafting. What makes a day and night cycle dynamic? Well, the the cycle itself doesn't, but saying that implies that different things will happen within the game during the day as opposed to at night. So saying dynamic day and night cycle will affect the freakers, that's what's dynamic about it? Yeah, it it implies more than what it could actually be. I mean, like, uh, I don't know, like, the original EverQuest had a day-night cycle, but I don't think it really affected too much gameplay-wise. Maybe the spawning of certain Creatures. creatures, but beyond that, I don't know. Okay. Not to poke fun at Days Gone, but they had all of the buzzwords in the, oh, yeah. <laughs> in sure. the article. Somebody did their research, their marketing yeah. research. Uh, but we have since seen, I don't think, anything about this game. I Not mean, since E3. That I'm yeah, I haven't even heard about it. That was the one where people thought it might have been a new... Last of Us? Last of Us, right? Yeah. Was this the same E3 as Final Fantasy VII Remake? No. No? That was two two E3s ago. Gotcha. Yeah, Days Gone was this past one, right? Yeah. Okay, I was lumping it lumping it in with the Final Fantasy VII one. That's Shenmue. That was that one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give it a little bit more pass that we haven't seen anything from it. Uh, my other game was Scalebound, and I feel like we've covered it for like two and a half years at this point, so yeah. I just didn't feel like doing anything on it. I don't blame you. I don't think much has changed since we uh, previewed it last year to be honest i don't really think there's been much about it i think i i did the preview for it in the fall games i think it was supposed to come out in the fall right yeah and then it got delayed yeah so i don't and it didn't even have a release date for this year so who knows yeah some, who knows? Some, someday I, I don't know i'm not even interested in the game in the slightest anymore but anything else anything else will no that's it for me all right, what do you got for Noble Bits? Can we actually take a quick break, Dan? Yeah, we can take a quick just, break. Just quick? Yep. Okay. Uh, we'll take a quick break and be right back in just a moment. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 285 of the Filmstick Athletes Podcast. We are now uh, in Noble Bits, right? So, Will, we'll get started with you. What do you got for Noble Bits? Uh, so, my first one is a mobile research firm. Estimated that less than 5% of the user base paid for Super Mario Run. That's a pretty low number. I figured way more people would end up buying it. Well, well, I have the actual figures because you stole my tweet. Did I? Yeah. 3%. I went back like six days, too. I'm sorry. 3% of people who downloaded Super Mario Run actually purchased the full game. Uh, so for context, as of the writing of, of this article, 90 million downloads for Super Mario Run... And only three million paid, which, as it turns out, is actually pretty good. I guess, from what I understand, two uh, percent is considered a success. Really? Wow. Yes. So, For someone to spend money on a free game is that the right. metric? Right. Um, okay. For that model, I guess, as some commenters pointed out. I don't know how oh. much truth there is to that, but a lot of times people who know what they're talking about tend to post those kind of things. So, True. who knows? But. Uh, you kind of got to point out, though, that this is also a Mario game. You know, it's not just any old random free-to-play game that people are just downloading just to see what it's all about. It's it's Mario. Right. It's a major, right. uh, quite possibly the the largest intellectual property in all of gaming. 
Uh, yeah. to, and to only have a 3% sell through, I don't think is great. Uh, and I don't know how much better it's going to get on Android. I don't know if there's more or less suckers on Android. But I think the biggest issue, and it, and it might plague Super Mario Run once it comes to Android, uh, is just how mediocre the game is. There's really yeah. nothing to write home about. No, it's bad. I'm not going to call it bad. But no, the 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 money that you have to put in to get the full game when yeah. there's not much there is bad. Yeah, and and the, that's the thing. Like, I'm okay paying ten dollars for a Mario game on iOS, but yeah. I'm not okay with paying ten dollars for a game that's not worth ten dollars. Period. No, it, Mario or it's not, crazy. Yeah, and I thought I heard five dollars leading up to the release. Oh, who knows? Which even then, that's too much. But I probably would have paid it. Oh yeah. Yeah, but it's. I, think I feel it's, bad. I, well, go ahead. Corey. I think it's the only game I bought last year. Really? You I bought think no so. other game. Not that I can think of. Uh, I mean, I did the the humble monthly for like eh. the last three months of the year. That doesn't count. Oh, you get your games tomorrow, right? I do. Yeah, I do. Nice. Always Corey, exciting you... day. Yeah. How do you justify not buying any game ever? Like, that blows my mind. Yeah, true. It's not even like, well, you know, my money can go elsewhere. I literally cannot afford to buy a superfluous game. Especially if I can play it on Dan's account on Steam or borrow a console. I don't know. Yeah, I totally understand. That's what happens when you're on a fixed budget and you got a girlfriend. Why can't we go to dinner? You You just bought a video game. (laughs) Yeah, but the video game lasts forever. We'll forget forget about this dinner in a month. Yeah. Anyway, my next nibble bit. It's a fairly random one, but Ariana Grande is going to be in a Final Fantasy title. Um, She's going to be a character in Final Fantasy Brave Exvius. Uh, and she tweeted a picture of... <laughs> this is so bizarre, because I never thought in a million years that Ariana Grande would ever be in Final Fantasy. But she, like, I'd seeing the hashtags, like, Final Fantasy Brave Exvius, <laughs> and a, a post from her. She's going to be, like, one of those characters that you get in, like, the... I don't know, it's like a DLC pack. Yeah. Did, you, did you play Brave Exvius, Corey? Uh, yeah, but I didn't like it, so I deleted it. Okay, so does that work? Like, you get characters through, like, a chest or something? I, you know, I'm not even too sure. I don't remember. It's been a while. Well, if you're interested in Ariana Grande, she's going to be dressed up as a cat sort of looking thing. So, Uh have that at people from Final Fantasy. Some people are outraged. Some people are really happy. Let's see if I can find a video of it on on YouTube. Uh, People said she's not even a fan. Who cares? Uh, I, feel, I feel like she has to be kind of a fan. If she, I care. I care, Dan. Why? It's a mobile game. It's a mobile game. No, I know. That's a good point. And I don't care about the game, so I guess I really don't care. But I, the whole bad? the are whole idea of ham-fisting uh, somebody popular into something that they have no relationship with just bothers me. That's mobile for you, though. I know. I know. It's disgusting. Despite my... Uh newfound love for you know or my recently found love for 
Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes, I still have a generally negative view of mobile gaming. <clears throat> you just think they could find some celebrity who maybe played a little bit of Final Fantasy at some point. Yeah. I mean, are we saying Miss Grande has never played Final Fantasy? That's a brave assumption. I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. That would be awesome. I would love to be wrong about this. But I think part of the promotion for something like this, I think a promotion that would pair really well is a backstory with with Celebrity X and their experience with Final Fantasy. Well, maybe there is that. We just haven't found it. Like Sort of like Imagine Dragons did in their uh, Game Awards last, last year. Like, so, that was well done. That was a well done integration. So, well, because there was no backstory about why she did this, I'm going to assume you're right, but it is also Square Enix, and some of some of the decisions they make aren't always aren't always the smartest. Yeah. Uh, like for example, I'm trying to sign into my Final Fantasy 14 account, and I have a one-time password, uh, and they won't let me recover it, and I can't get into my account. So like that's frustrating. Yeah, that's no they fun. do. Yeah, they do stuff stuff like that. It makes it frustrating. So who knows? I'm going to assume, though, Corey, you're right, then she has no Final Fantasy tie. It's a bold assumption. But the only reason I made that a little bit is because it was kind of, it was bizarre to me when I read the article. It's very bizarre. Um, that's it for me for nibble bits. Which celebrity do you think played a lot of Final Fantasy? Uh, hmm. It's a good question. Definitely not Conan O'Brien. <laughs> he hated 15, right? Yeah. Well, he's like, why did you make this to, to the developer or something like that? Right? Yep. <laughs> Turns out it's a delightful game. Game of the year, in fact. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I'd have to look at some celebrities and pick one out. Who would like Final Fantasy the most? Sure. That's it for me on Nibblewitz, though, Dan. What do you got, Corey? Uh, just one more. NVIDIA announced its own cloud game streaming service, sort of a successor to its Shield uh, online or Shield streaming service, also called GE Force Now. Uh, just like PlayStation Now on Live, the ability to stream PC games uh, via either. You have your choice, and depending on which one you pick, you pay more or less. You can stream. Uh, games that you own already through Steam, Origin, Good Old Games. I, I think they named all the, the major uh, platforms. Via a GTX 1060 system or a GTX 1080 system. But the price is $25 for 20 hours of gameplay on the GEX 1060 or $25 for 10 hours of gameplay on the GTX 1080. And keep in mind, these are games that you already own. That's insulting. Yes, I think it's I think it's a bit much. When you, when you break it down and think about it, though, it's okay. Two dollars and fifty cents an hour to play a game you own, streamed from a GTX 1060, which doesn't seem like a ton of money, but it's streamed. So a lot of your quality is going to depend on your internet, uh, and you're losing quality no matter what because it's streamed. Yeah. No, those prices are are insulting and embarrassing. I I hope no one does that until they lower the prices a little bit. That's just ridiculous. I think the only person it's good for are the publishing platforms. 
Because all of a sudden, people who don't have gaming PCs can pick up, you know, that have laptops that are business people that travel, you know, can pick up games on uh, PC now that they wouldn't have been able to play otherwise. Yeah, easily, but easily you stream them. didn't. Didn't you say you had to have it in your Steam library to play it? Right. Yeah, but like, say you love Overwatch, love Overwatch, and you play it. You know, you're a 45 year old businessman, uh-huh. travels a lot, only plays when he's home, doesn't own a gaming PC because that's for nerds. All of a sudden, he can play Overwatch on the go on his work laptop. You know, why wouldn't he purchase it again so he could do that? The problem is going to be getting those people to acknowledge the service, which I think is an issue. Um, yeah. But there is incentive there for, for Steam to, to, to talk about it, for, you know, Origin to talk about it. You know, th- there's there's a reason for them to do it. Huh? So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to say. I think, that, honestly, I think they'd be better off just putting together a library of games and doing the on-live model. You know, you yeah. can pay monthly and play these games to your heart's content. Yeah, that's what I... $25 for 10 hours of gameplay? On the 1080. That's ridiculous. Wow, yeah. Which is $2.50 an hour. They started putting... I don't know if I have this in my nimble bits or not, but they started putting full-on GTX graphics cards and laptops now. They're no longer using the mobile-specific ones. So, like, you can get a GTX 1060 or 1070, 10, 1060 laptop for, like, Twelve or thirteen hundred bucks. You're better off just getting one of those. Think about the number of, you know, owning your own games and playing them on your own system. Yeah, I I agree. Um, you know, I like to think through who who would use this, and I think I think there is a use for the for the businessman. Maybe for somebody who loves games and just has a shitty little laptop, you know, and can't afford something to to play PC specific games on. You know, can't afford a a big gaming rig, rig to play. Civ Six. That's not a very good example, but or you know your your Final Fantasy fourteen you know, MMORPG of some kind. Still though, like what was it twenty twenty five bucks for twenty hours on the ten sixty, which was a dollar twenty five an hour. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, see people looking at those prices and scoffing. You think okay, so what's uh, Final Fantasy fifteen? I beat in forty four hours or something like that. Yeah. So multiply that by a dollar twenty-five. You're about sixty bucks. Yeah, but don't you don't you don't have to? I would assume you prepay for the time, right? Like if you pre, so you would buy, uh, what if you're doing it on the ten sixty? So it would be seventy-five dollars for 60, sixty hours. That makes sense. So, but but on top bucks. of that, you're also buying the game, so you're paying twice, essentially twice the amount to play the game. Yeah, but you're saving on the back end because you don't you don't have to buy the PC to do it. Yeah, but very quickly that would evaporate saving on the back end. You know, that's what oh, yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, no, I, I yeah, I totally agree. Uh, I'm with you overall. I don't I don't think it's I don't think it's a very good value. It would be nice if it could they could do it on mobile. You know, oh that would that would make it make a difference. I think push it to, to mobile it iOS switch. <clears throat> yeah. Maybe that's how you get Skyrim on on the Switch is through GE Force now. I'm still hoping for your thing, Corey. It's the you know the ability to stream your PC games onto your Nintendo Switch. Yeah, that's the big secret. That would be magical, I think. Okay, 
uh, Nimble Bits, Corey? No. All right, I got a couple, and bear with me here. I'll try to go as fast as I can. I didn't get a chance to write them down. Uh, so as as some of you may know, CES is this week, and with CES always comes crazy electronics. Acer announced a 21-inch curved screen laptop. It starts at $9,000. It's a 120-hertz refresh rate, uh, two GTX 1080s running an SLI, a quad-core i7 processor, 64 gigabytes of RAM, and up to four 512-gigabyte solid-state drives. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. Um, that's crazy. I'm, gl- I'm just glad something like this exists. I'll never buy one, but I'm just happy that, that they're making things like that. I that, think that's great. I'd love to review one if they want to send one to me. Well, that's funny because uh, Mike Fahey does all the PC-specific review stuff for Kotaku, and he's always like, you know, I hate having to send this stuff back. It's the, you know, the. It, I think he reviewed the, one of the 30, 35 inch curved ultra wide monitors from Acer, and he's like, I, I hate having to send it back. It's so amazing. It's funny. I had to set up. I, a, I would feel uh, the same way. I had to set up a uh, curved screen LCD TV. In a in a room the other day, those things are nice. Those they brand are nice. new curved screen. You really have 4K. to see it in person. Yeah, you have to see it in person to to appreciate the curved screen mm-hmm. uh, television and mon- you know monitors for your computer. It's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. Razer also announced a crazy laptop. It's a three screen laptop. They called it Project Valerie. It's only uh, well, that's what caught my caught my eye actually project valerie it's my wife's name is valerie so yeah it's uh a laptop that the monitors kind of like fold out on the sides it's got 17.3 inch 4k monitors so three of those jeez yeah they said they wanted to market it to uh not necessarily gamers but uh on the go professionals like you talked about Corey. designers Uh, just design people yeah, yeah who need the extra extra screen space for, for design and, and or multitasking for whatever whatever they have to be doing. It'd be good for streaming, too. But design specific, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, like I said, that's just a prototype concept thing, but interesting nonetheless. And then uh, my last nibble bit is Mass Effect 2 is free on PC, so you literally have no reason to not doubt not get it just download origin and get it even if you don't have a computer that can play it right now just get origin get mass effect 2 for free apparently uh, it doesn't come with the dlc but no but i did uh thanks to your tip i got it today yeah no reason not to and that's my nibble bits uh how was your week Corey? pretty good i did see rogue one it was the day after christmas we had a really bad ice storm, and we were going with my girlfriend's family, and uh, her brother was really hungover, and the movie started at 10 f- or 11, 10.50 or something like that. 10.50, I think, was the show time. Uh, and I was like, great, you know, what time are you going to get here? And he's like, I'll get there at 10.40. And I told my girlfriend, I'm like, that's unacceptable. Yeah. Because there's a really bad ice storm. And it was ice. Her car was a sheet of ice. That's It was one of those, you know, like rain that instantly yeah. froze to everything it hit. And uh, 
there was that and the fact that I was worried that I wouldn't get a seat. So sure enough, we get there. Uh, we walk in right as the movie begins. Perfect timing. Look around. There are four of us that go in. There are only four seats scattered throughout the theater. Two of them in the very front row in the corners. It's why you never go late to a movie. You always get there early. Always. And and my girlfriend's like, don't worry about it. It's the day after Christmas. It's early in the morning. Nobody's going to be there. Everybody was saying that. And I'm like, you guys, you're wrong. You're wrong. (laughs) It's different. Please, can we get there earlier? And nobody nobody was with me. So uh, I was very happy to say I told you so when we walked in. But uh, I ended up having to sit in the front corner. My neck was killing me by the end of the movie. And at one, at, when it first started, I'm like, I don't know why I'm bothering. I'll just go out and ask for a refund. They'll do that. They'll give you uh, rain. Uh, what do they call it? Rain. Uh, rain check. Rain check. Yeah. So I didn't end up doing that. I ended up sitting through it. And uh, it was still a very enjoyable, enjoyable film with uh, a lot of cool cameos, a lot of uh, nods, a lot of Easter eggs. Somebody, uh, Den of Den of Geek did a really, really good, exhaustive job of listing all the Easter eggs from the Star Wars universe within Rogue One. Uh, there's, I think there's like 70-something of them, wow. uh, like obscure references to other Star Wars things. So that was really good, and that turned me on to the Star Wars Blaster Cannon podcast, that article, which I've been listening to, which is just Star Wars lore, which is, which is really good. Um, but the movie as a whole, I, I really enjoyed it. I don't think there's a single... It's not really a spoiler to say this, because a lot of people knew it going in, but there's no Jedi. Which is weird for a yeah. Star Wars movie. But a lot of action, uh, likable characters. I wouldn't say the writing was very well done. Uh, characters didn't have very good story arcs, in my opinion. Um, but I liked the way it ended. I know some people had issue with it. I don't know what else to say. Do you guys, Will? You don't care about it's, Star Wars, so would I like this movie? Yeah, yeah. I think I think you'd have to be an idiot not to like. It. My girlfriend's mom went to see it with us, and she enjoyed it. So she said she liked it more than The Force Awakens, which I think I would agree with. I was told that this is a, like a really awesome movie, so I'm kind of interested to see it. Yeah, I I thought it was very well done. It seems like uh, kind of like a merry band of misfits. Pretty much, pretty task. much. Well, some people took issue with that uh, because now yeah. it kind of showed the rebellion as not this force of good, uh, virtuous, I guess, not as virtuous. That you know, they had to do some slimy things to win the war. Uh, that's that's kind of how guerrilla warfare starts. You know, that's yeah. what they did. That's what they did. You know. Yeah. But it's all about how the rebels acquired the uh, plans to the Death Star. Did many Bothan spies lose their lives? I don't think there were any Bothans in the film. Damn it! (laughs) (laughs) But it's really cool because, like, having read the books and stuff, it ties some of the books. It ties a lot of that stuff together, which I like. And it really bridges the gap between uh, episodes three and four. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there's this isn't a a major. major spoiler but one of the easter eggs uh, and this is the attention to detail that i think the film really excels at uh so luke in a new hope was red five was his tag call call sign god i don't remember it's I think been it, so long i think it was red five but in uh in one of the battles in rogue one red five the pilot dies 
which opens the door for Luke to have that call sign in the next. Movie. Oh, which you wouldn't really know. And yeah, I was gonna say you would never notice that if you were just watching the movie. Yeah, I didn't notice until it was pointed out to me. So it's just uh-huh. little stuff like that that makes it makes it really cool. Nice. So I, I do really recommend it. Really good, really good Star Wars film, and I'm excited for more of the. I think they're calling them anthology, uh, one-off films. Yeah, the next one's the Han Solo yeah. one, right? Yeah, and then I think we're getting a Boba Fett one in two, oh. 2019 or 18. Dang. What would be the next? It'd be 2018. No, 19, 20. I don't know. I think that was the next one though. So, yeah, good it's positive positive thing coming from the disney star wars marriage yeah and actually it turned me on to uh the blaster cannon podcast and now i started rewatching or trying to watch again the star wars rebels cartoon which is very very good i watched the first three episodes of that a couple nights yep. ago uh i don't know i love it i'm immersed huh? and i'm trying to keep up with it but it's literally impossible the amount oh, yeah. of Star Wars content that comes out every month is insane. Sure. It's like at least one full novel, several Comics. comic book entries, a young adult novel, you know. Yeah. You can't keep up with it. But that was that. The only other thing, interesting thing for me this week was going to the dentist, which it's been 20 years the last time my teeth were checked out. Wow. So, uh, and it was one of those things where you just wait too long, and then it's like, well, now I don't want to go because I'm just going to have anxiety about all the things wrong with my mouth. Yeah, um, that's me right now. Yeah, but my girlfriend sort of spearheaded the whole thing, which was nice because if she didn't, I probably never would have gone back. I would have waited till my teeth rotted out of my head. <laughs> but sure. I, I went, and uh, everyone was really nice. Um I have good dental insurance, so, you know, the cost wasn't really an issue. Uh, the hygienist was very impressed with the state of my teeth, considering I hadn't been in 20 years. She said I did a really good job of keeping them clean, which I do. I, I floss every day, and I brush twice. So, But I knew I had cavities. I could see them, and that's why I went. And one, one side actually started to hurt. Um, turns out I have four cavities. And Oof. each of them are on different quadrants of my mouth. So when I went in, thinking I was going to get all of them filled, I went in yesterday, thinking I was going to get all of them filled. It turns out they can only do one quadrant at a time. So I have three more dentist visits to get the other three filled. Uh, the one she did yesterday, and my dentist's name is Honey. The one Honey <laughs> did, <laughs> the one Honey did yesterday. Uh, thought it was my worst one just based on the x-rays that they did um and when she did it she's like okay this is deeper than i thought this is deeper than i thought okay this is really deep it's really close to the nerve um i'm gonna fill it and you let me know how it feels and if it's pain if it's still painful in like three weeks then you're probably gonna have to get a root canal on it but uh once the novocaine wore off last night i had no pain and i have no pain today so i'm assuming everything is fine with that one and she said the other three didn't look as bad so those should be no problem. But I got the bill yesterday, and it was like $600. I mean, I only had to pay 18 out of pocket. Insurance covered the rest. But I was in there like half an hour. It was a $600 bill. I'm like, <laughs> where is this money going? Like, How wealthy are you? That's insane. Yeah. And part of me wonders if they're just and, – and I know this happens, but uh, I, don't, I have no idea how to expose it or anything. Like, are they just – overcharging so much because the insurance they know the insurance company is going to pay it yeah, it's possible sure yeah no definitely 
Ugh. I don't like it. In my it. opinion. I don't least. like it. I'm going to have to check with our uh, mutual dentist friend. Yeah. Steve? Yeah, yeah. See what he thinks. He he was the one that never ate lollipops because it was sugar touching your teeth directly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm not. That was before he was a dentist. <clears throat> I don't know. I think uh, especially after this, this experience, like knowing that if I just brush my teeth twice a day and floss, I'll be all right. Mm-hmm. You know, four cavities after 20 years of no dentist. Hey, that's not, not bad. Not too shabby. Yeah. Okay. Anything else, Corey? Nah, not off the top of my head. All right, what do you have, Will? I uh, I started a new job this week. Yay! I switched departments at uh, the grocery store I work at, so I went from produce to old world cheese. Uh, let me tell you, I love the job so far. It's such a total change of pace because this. Uh, I work at Wegmans, and like their whole company started because of produce and like it's like the big thing and like everybody it's the biggest department um and just like it's crazy it's crazy busy all the time it's it can get pretty frustrating so going to the cheese shop i i like it but like i have been i've been yawning at work because i've been bored it's weird it's weird um like their load uh for two days combined was uh 18 pieces of cheese we got <laughs> the, the did you load carry them all in one arm load <laughs> basically they're some like, of those wheels are pretty big though the, i have moved 40 pound boxes of cheese yeah. today was like 140 so to put this in perspective yeah. my first day was 14 pieces of cheese was the load produce <laughs> got an 1800 piece load <laughs> Oh my gosh. And it's funny because like I mean I do work with a lot of older ladies uh, and they tell me they're like, "Oh, wait till you do the load, like it sucks. It's <laughs> tough." <laughs> I'm just it's funny. Like That's adorable. Yeah. And I know I know they mean well. They're like, "Yeah, like it's the hardest part of the job." And like I get it. Um but like I do the produce load. We're on holidays, we're pushing 3,000 pieces and just miserable and cranky. Uh, this is just so different. I'm working with a manager who I got along great with in produce who uh, wanted me to come over. So, like, that's great. Uh, I've enjoyed everybody that I've worked with a lot, too. It's like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it's because it's new that I just like it so much more, but, like, being over there is just so much better. I love it. Sure. Are you inspired to be a cheese connoisseur? No, I have tried a ton of cheese. Really? Yeah. yeah, you have you have to know the product. That's one of their big selling points. Is their their associates that work in their departments have to know the know the products that are in it. Yeah. So, uh, the manager Ben he wants everybody to eat everything and try it. Uh, so as Dan said, to know what everything tastes like and um. So literally, like, I've just been eating cheese left and right. Whenever we get new cheese in, everybody tries it, uh, all that sort of thing. I have discovered that I don't like cheese that is truffly. If it's sure. got, if it's mushrooms at all, just I will, I refuse to eat it. It's so gross. But uh, I have tried some really good cheese, though, to the point of I'm not huge into cheese. Like, I, I do like, you know, really bad American cheese, like 
American, like American, <laughs> American cheese, like craft, cheese products, craft, craft, cheddar, craft slices. <laughs> yeah, like that. That's great to me. But like trying some real cheeses was, I was surprised that I liked as much as I like. Like I was liking blue cheese. I was liking uh, brie, all that sort of oh, yeah. stuff. So it's it's you'll, it's a lot. You'll Go come ahead. to appreciate all that stuff when you get older. That's all. Yeah. That's all we snack on when we have company now is cheese. Cheese. Different types of cheeses. Well, we discovered the cheese section in Aldi as a, a major selection. So nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, like I'm loving it. Just trying all these different cheeses and like the work is just so. Like my shifts have been seven to twelve thirty, and my next week shifts are seven to twelve thirty. I have one shift that's seven to three thirty. It's tomorrow. Uh, and then next Friday, I have a 7 to 3.30. So, because I guess that's the biggest load that we get for the, the week. So, like, they want us there longer. What's your uh, shift look like? Like, what's your, your day-to-day tasks? So, okay. So, I come in at 7. Uh, that's when the first people from Cheese get in there, which is an hour later than when Produce started. So, okay. like, I used to work 6 a.m. and Produce. So, now I'm at 7 pretty much exclusively. Um so I walk in, I lay the mats down at the workstations because that's the only thing that I easily remembered how to do. Uh, and then I go print off the bill, which has like, what we're so getting in for the day, pretty much uh, which, like I said, um, the first day was 14, so... the second day was four pieces, and today it was like 140 or mm-hmm. whatever. So um, from there, I go do load. Or then, like, depending on how long it takes, I then go to, like, cut cheeses and fill cases. Wow. So how much of your time is spent interacting with cheese shoppers? Um, because I'm new, I'm not doing that a whole lot. Um, gotcha. I, I get asked, like, what, uh, what Ben wants to do with the cheese department is to have everybody be more interactive with customers and whatnot. Uh, he wants people to kind of try to sell more mm-hmm. yeah. to people instead of just kind of like hanging out, which is what I do, and wait for somebody to talk to me. Um, so that's something I'm going to have to work on. Like I told him I wouldn't do it yet because I want to learn more before I go actively help. But yeah, he wants everybody to be actively talking to customers more. So even if they're just walking up to a case looking at it, just be like, hey, how you doing? Do you need any help today sort of thing. Uh, so I'm going to be doing a lot of that probably soon when I start to figure out what I'm what I'm doing because I re- honestly have no idea what I'm. That's cool though. I'm I'm jealous of your uh, your youth and your your the position you're put in. Like I would love to just focus on learning cheese. You know, it's really cool. And like today, like they're asking me if I could like move some things. And like there was the uh. The thing we use to cut cheese was, is, like, this wire thing. And, like, we put the block of cheese, and then we pull it through. Mm-hmm. Well, a wire snapped, and they had to grab the, the thing you hold on to and, like, loosen it. But they couldn't loosen it, so they asked me to do it. <laughs> Muscles. They're like, oh, it's so good to have some youth and muscle in here. And I was like, oh, no, don't worry. Like, you loosened it for me is, like, what I said. Please tighten uh, that wire. Yeah, and like they're like, hey, can you please take care of my card of boxes to to put it in the compactor? And it's like two things, and I'm just like, oh man, I got you. It's like <laughs> I'm glad to do it because like it's so different. Yeah. Um, I, and I like obviously like I don't tell them that like you know, this is easy. Yeah. Because they wouldn't like that, but oh man, it's it's great. What's uh my last question? Cheese question. 
What's a yeah. wheel of what's the value of a wheel of cheese? Like a big wheel. Huh. So I today we got like three red wax gouda wheels, which is like fifty Ooh. pounds of cheese. Yeah, I don't that's I the don't good stuff. I don't know uh, what that would that's easily well into the hundreds probably. Okay. Um uh, I don't know what that would be. Uh, 100%, but we did try a cheese today where one block was $130, I want to say, a pound. And, like, I mind you not, like, this is probably the size of my phone right here. Like, like that was the size of the cheese. And, like, basically each section we cut off was $15 to try. Was it good? Yeah, it was pretty good. It was very creamy and milky. Ooh, like Havarti. (laughs) I put, I dealt with some Havarti today. I love Havarti on sandwiches. Havarti's a good sandwich cheese. Uh, grilled cheese Havarti is really good. Uh-huh. And I was pretty worried going over because I was like, I don't really care about cheese at all. Like, I don't. I have just. I like. I honestly like produce more than cheese. But like, learning about cheese is actually really interesting. And I'm like, huh, this is pretty cool. Yeah, like everything else, it's more more in depth the more you learn about it. Yeah, it's actually pretty intimidating because, like, the cases of stuff, like, we have a lot of cases of stuff, like, oh, I shouldn't say a lot because it's really not that much, but, like, there's a lot of different types of cheeses in there, and I'm just like, I don't know what any of this is, but whatever. And they say, like, if I want to open up whatever to eat it, I, I can I can do that. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. I'm coming um, to visit you at work. Oh, please do. It's great. <laughs> And, like, it's so funny because, like, my friends in produce, like, it's funny just seeing the despondent looks they're giving me as I'm over there. <laughs> they said I'm radiating joy. <laughs> like, you have a you have a glow that you haven't had in months is what they've been saying. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because whenever I see them, I just smile and laugh because <laughs> cause it's so funny. Nice. Because everybody in produce looks so sad. Yeah, I can see you. I can see I, you. Uh... I can relate to that at my place of work. I wish I could switch departments, but uh, the only place to go where I'm at is down. Not that I'm at a high place, but there's no no there's forward no mobility. <laughs> it's just down. You should move back to Johnson City and apply to Old World Cheese because we're still hiring, and I have an in with the manager. So, uh, someday. Once but, I hit rock bottom, when I hit rock bottom, that's when uh, that's when I'll come out. What? Wegman's cheese department. Yep. Um, but like I said, I really like everybody that I've worked with so far. I'm a part of the under 50 club. There's four members total. In uh-huh. cheese? Yeah. Cool. One of them being our manager, which is pretty funny because nobody ever includes the manager in anything. <laughs> nope. So. They don't count. No, not usually, but yeah, it's it's a lot of fun, and like I worked uh, Tuesday through Saturday today, but then I have Sunday and Monday off, which is nice because we don't get loads. I think Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Um, so like I don't think I'll be working those days because they want me to um, do do. I'm basically replacing the other male who did load because he went to produce, and we just swapped uh, positions. So. Um, I, I I honestly think I'll be working uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and maybe some Saturdays. Like, this Saturday I work, and then next Saturday I don't. But like I said, Friday's the only days that I stay until 3.30. So. Nice. Yeah, no, I love it. It's uh, it's great. I'm really pleased with that move. Okay. Uh, 
But other than that, it's just video games, and I'll talk about Final Fantasy 15 when we get into uh, what we played. Sounds good. Uh, <clears throat> Christmas. We didn't get to talk about oh. Christmas yet. I honestly forgot about Christmas completely. Yeah, we, we didn't cover Christmas, before, you know, because last week was the dummies. So yeah, that's right. Um, Christmas in my house was chaos this year. It was our first Christmas with four children instead, you know, instead of just one or two. <clears throat> and for the older two kids, we we bought little loft beds. They're like four foot, four feet off the ground. Because uh, we wanted to increase the, the amount of floor space in their room. So all the toys go underneath and, you know, the beds sit up, like I said, about four feet. Uh, so me and my wife wanted to have them built and have the kids come out on Christmas morning and have the, you know, their their new beds be built. But we are most of the way through building them and looking around and the two beds were taking up our entire living room. There was literally no room to get around to sit anywhere like the the beds were huge so it was like that was maybe two thirty, three o'clock in the morning so i was like why don't you go to bed i'll disassemble one of them i'll you know put out all the presents and organize everything uh so i did that and it took me until 10 after 6 in the morning oh my god when i finally got everything done and set up uh luckily my kids are like me and my wife and we'll sleep in when they get the chance so I don't think they woke up until almost nine o'clock, which was good because I got a couple hours of sleep at least. But uh, yeah, Christmas was absolute chaos. In addition to having five days in a row where we had something going on, which was insane for us because, you know, we don't sleep and stuff. So I don't know how you guys do it. Uh, At this point, it's like just nervous, random energy and caffeine for me. Like my, my wife can't really drink that much caffeine. Like Dan, I I saw you. I don't remember what day it was, but you looked just so tired, and I felt so bad. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's 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 all part of it, you know. Once they get the kids get a little bit older, it'll be it'll be easier, hopefully. Like I said, luckily our kids are like us and like to stay up late and sleep in late, so that's yeah. a good thing. Our kids, you know, when when on a weekend they don't get up at six o'clock in the morning, luckily, so. The older two, the twins are the twins are actually really good about sleeping through the night anymore. So that's also a good thing. Um, as far as Christmas presents, my wife got me a lot of really awesome T-shirts. She got me one that says "Daddy Saurus" on it, and Ooh. it's a big, big dinosaur and a little dinosaur, which was perfect. Uh, she got me this Zelda shirt too, which I don't know if you can see it in the camera. Uh, and then she got me <clears throat> uh, Futurama. Back to the Future uh, blend shirt. It's uh, Marty McFry instead of Marty McFly. It's Philip J. Fry as Marty McFly, and it's really, really cool. Sounds like she knows um, you. Nice. Yeah, she yeah, does. She does. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she does. But I also got a lot of Amazon credit, so I was able to order myself for Christmas a 10 keyless keyboard that I've been wanting forever. 10 keyless mechanical keyboard, I should say. Um, my wife actually was going to get me one for Christmas, but she asked me which one I wanted first, uh, you know, checking with me instead of just ordering a random mechanical keyboard. Uh, but the, the two or three that I had sent her were, uh, either sold out or like double the price because of scalping around Christmas. So she, she didn't end up getting that, but I, I got the Logitech, um, G410 Atlas Spectrum keyboard. Uh, nice. Yeah, it's it's 
I actually just got it today. I haven't had that much time to play games on it, but uh, it's it's a like I said, it's a pretty compact keyboard, mechanical keys, which feel amazing compared to my old. Uh, I had the Microsoft Sidewinder X4 keyboard before, which is like a gaming keyboard, but it's a cheap membrane gaming keyboard. Uh, and it was okay, but once you get the once you start playing with playing a game with the the actual mechanical keys, it's it's like magic. Uh, it's a completely different and much more satisfying feeling. But in addition to that, like it, all the keys you can choose, it's got the RGB lighting for all the keys. So it's got mm-hmm. 16.8 million different colors and you can assign a color to each individual key. So you can set it up however you want in the, in the Logitech software, uh, which is also really cool. But like I said, I haven't really had it had time to play with it that much but there's also really cool effects you can set it to do but i just kind of put it on special colors for now but uh yeah i had a little difficulty setting it up i also was i also got a wireless adapter for my xbox one controller Mm. which was a nightmare to set up really you're supposed to just be able to plug it in and, and it should work it's a microsoft product it's supposed to be compatible with windows 10 it took me probably two hours to get it set up and running. Wow. I had, yeah, it was miserable. I had to, what did I have to do? I had to go into the, like, a special site and download a special driver for it. But if the first few times I did it, it didn't work. I had to re-download it and re-download it. And, like, I had to delete all the previous drivers and then go in and install that one and then plug it in. And, and then I had to move it around to different USB ports. It was miserable. Uh Windows 10 dropped the ball on that, definitely. Uh, and also setting up my, my new keyboard when I got it today took longer than it should have. I should have just had to freaking plug it in and it should work, and it didn't. <laughs> uh, so I'm a little critical of Windows 10 right now. That really pissed me off. Um, I shouldn't you, I shouldn't have had to spend any time doing that. No, my, uh, my 360 wireless adapter. For Plugged the right in and started. Plug and play, yep. Yeah. And that's what they said it was. was. And... Actually, I wasn't the only one that had this trouble. There was a big post on Reddit about it, which luckily I, you know, I dug up. They were the ones that linked to all the proper drivers, and but it's still that's more than it should have taken to set up a Microsoft product and a Microsoft operating system. Yeah, freaking a, get your shit together. Um, but yeah, I'll I'll report more on the keyboard itself when I have more time to play with it. I only played about three minutes of black desert online with it and then i played a match of overwatch with it uh so good so good <laughs> so there's that uh i gave myself a haircut big haircut I, I noticed you had a haircut yep i did it myself um i'm me and the wife had been planning on her having ha- cutting my hair for the past like three or four weeks and we just don't have enough time to set aside where she's cutting my hair and i'm sitting in a chair because of the you know four kids so i knew that was going to happen so what was it two days ago when the twins went down for a nap i was like all right i'm doing it i'm cutting my own hair if i screw it up i can just buzz it real short it'll grow back in no time Mm -hmm. um yeah i I did uh the buzzer you know buzzer on the back and sides up to a certain point and then on the top i just you know i ran my fingers through it got strips and just clipped them off looks decent it's not the best haircut i've ever had but it's also not the worst so looks pretty good uh, from where I'm sitting. Yeah, it's I not like too it bad. Too. Not too bad. Uh, there's I had to clean up like the back of my neck because I I tried the whole mirror and mirror thing, you know, 
Mm. It just, I kept like twisting the, the clippers the wrong way. And like, I couldn't, couldn't figure out how to do it. So I, I, you know, I had to do that slowly and there's still a little trimming on the back that it, that my wife needs to do. Uh, but who knows when we'll get the chance to do that. And then the only other thing I have to talk about is you guys have told me about the echinacea. Um, what's the other one? olive leaf extract? Yeah. Yeah. I've been taking that for about a week and a half now. And so far, so good on staving off illness. Nice. Yeah. So I need to take it for two weeks, right? Yep. Twice a day. Is your echinacea also golden seal? Yes. Okay. Will gave it to me. Yeah. Yep. So I'm very very appreciative of that. Um, So far, so good. Um, Right about now, last year is when I got sick, and I was sick for like a whole month. So I'm hoping to avoid that. I'm willing to try anything. Uh, to avoid that happening again, because that was freaking miserable. So, should, so far, uh, so good on that. Should improve your allergies, too. Yeah, I haven't had as much post-nasal drip like I have all winter, every winter. So, it's not it's not been as bad this year. Yeah. So. Well, hopefully it works for you. <clears throat> yeah, I hope so, too, because God damn it, I do not want to be sick for another month. But that's all I had going on. Corey, did you want to talk about Christmas? Um, not really. There's uh, Actually, we did get a question of the week that addresses Christmas, so maybe I'll revisit okay. it then. Okay, sounds good. So should we get into what we played? Let's do it. Sure. All right. Uh, I guess I'll start. Why not, right? Go for it. So I tried Black Desert Online. It's the... If you haven't heard of it, it's the one that was widely touted as having the best character creator where you can create really super specific characters and uh, all in stunning detail. Uh, So that's probably where you might have heard of it if you haven't heard of it otherwise. So they're doing a free trial, free seven-day trial. Once you sign up, you have a week to to play it. So I figured I would give it a shot because, you know, why not? Uh, But I ended up really enjoying it. I spent... I probably about an hour making my character. And once I got into the world, the combat system is really well done. I think, uh, so you move around with W, what is it? W A S D like you do on a normal keyboard. Uh, your attacks are your left and right mouse buttons. Um, but based on the direction you're moving and the combination of the button presses, is your attack. So like if you're going back and, and do the left mouse button, that's one attack. Hmm. If you're going back and doing the right mouse button, that's another attack. Uh, there's combos that you can build off of there, but also then you have your, your special abilities, which are mapped to the one through, I think six buttons. Uh, so the combat is really, really feels uh, interactive and, and next gen more so than any other, <laughs> excuse me, MMORPG I played. Even it even feels slightly more active than like guild wars two which is a combat system that I really liked. Um, the graphics are really, really nice. I think I have it set on medium graphics uh, on my ultra-wide monitor, <clears throat> and it looks amazing. Uh, it's it's in, it, it was good enough to want me, or to keep me playing a little bit. Um, I've, I've, I've tried a few other free trials for MMORPGs where I played for like an hour, with a character and then just never went back to it. But this one, I actually would like to play more if I, if I can, you know, it's, it's that, that good and that interesting to me uh, so far. Corey. 
Corey, I think you would like it. Yeah, I wanna I wanna try it. Ever since, um, yeah, every now and again I go to that mmorpg.com or whatever that website is to track the yeah. the top trending mmorpgs, and they yeah. do the ones that are in development, and that was the top one for a while. Yeah. Um, but like you said, you know, it's just where do you find time to play an mmorpg? That's just it, and that's why I won't continue to play it past the seven day trial, which is unfortunate because yeah. I think it's one I would really like. I would I would definitely get my money's worth out of it. Uh, even with a subscription fee, I think I would get my money's worth out of this one. But I, I think it has a subscription, but I'm not 100% sure on that. I think it does. Doesn't our, I think it's, isn't it the one our uh, E3 correspondent, John, plays? Does he play it regularly? I don't, I don't know. I don't, I, I would be surprised because sure. he, fantasy RPGs are not really his MO. Oh, really? No. Okay. I feel like he's been playing an MMORPG, though. He probably plays one nobody else plays, like... Final Fantasy. Oh, wait, no, that one's popular. <laughs> like, uh... Wild, Wild Star? Star? <laughs> Not Wild Star. No, I don't know. I don't know. I shouldn't... I shouldn't uh, throw any games under the bus here, but... I don't know. I don't... I, I always... As long as I've known him, I never knew him to be a fantasy RPG kind of guy. Okay. Uh... But you never know. I'll, I'll have to ask his brother-in-law. There you go. I remember if he there plays Black Desert. Uh, so I played that. I also played Overwatch for yeah. a few hours on New Year's Day, actually. Uh, my daughter woke me up at like 4 o'clock in the morning. Uh, I don't even remember the reason now. But yeah, she woke me up and then, then the twins got up to eat, so I fed them. Uh, and then I couldn't go back to sleep because I had been awake for about an hour. So I was like, ah, screw it. I'll I'll go play something. And I didn't really know how much time I had. So I didn't want to play anything that, that sucked me in, you know, like a, like a sieve or, or uh, I'm playing Soma right now, which I didn't, didn't want to get sucked into only to have like 10 minutes playing it and then have to have to quit. So I was like, you know what? I'll play some Overwatch. I talked a lot about it. I gave it some awards during the thummies. I've been wanting to play it. So I figured I would give it a, you know, give it a go. Uh, and I had a really good time, a surprising good time. And didn't play as poorly as I thought I would after not having played it for over six months, I think. Um, I think it took a match or two for me to get back into the rhythm of it. But, uh, I, you know, Farah and D.Va were kind of my main characters that I, that I did well with, uh, that I continued to kind of do well with. But, you know, I wasn't great, obviously. I wasn't the best player. You're probably, but also wasn't the worst. You're probably playing against a bunch of, like, six-year-olds. Blizzard's good at Maybe. that, you know, <laughs> easing you back into the game. I feel like that with every time I play Hearthstone is they let me win a few, you know, before yeah. they remind me just how bad I am. There there was a lot of drunk people playing, too, <laughs> which also helped. Because <laughs> uh, it was so early in the morning on New Year's Day. Uh, but one of the things I, I tried that I ended up really, really liking was one of their arcade modes, and it was one versus one, which it's a, it's a one versus one. You both play as the same character. It's in a, a pretty small map. Um, but, yeah, that was so fun. Like, I even had one guy who, uh, once we once we started the match, he, you know, he was like, glorious combat, you know, in the in the, <laughs> in the chat. I was like, dude, we, had, we ended up the last, for the last one, we ended up just having a slap fight. Uh, it was just just a melee fight. I think it was, was it with Zenyatta, maybe. Uh, we we just did a slap fight for the for the final one. 
I think I've only won three rounds in, in all the times I've played it. Probably three out of maybe 40 really? rounds that I've played. Yeah, I haven't done that well, but Dang. it's so fun. It's so fun. I won one with Roadhog, which was that one was actually like a legitimate good win. I hooked the guy before he hooked me, uh, shot him in the face, and then like skipped around and kind of shot him again from the side. Didn't I read uh, that Roadhog's getting a nerf on his uh, hook shot, Ro- Will? Roadhog's yeah. hook is getting a nerf, yes. Oh, okay. Uh, I didn't read the specifics on it because I like I don't barely remember you know all that stuff from when I played before. Right. I won one with Junk Rat, which was just a golden BB. Uh, we were firing the grenades at each other, and I just happened to have a a lucky shot. And then I won one today as hmm. I don't remember, but I won one match today too. Maybe Tracer. So, Tracer but I is usually the best. I usually get my butt kicked, but it's still fun. So I played um, Overwatch. Go ahead, Will. Dan, I do want to say I don't know what it is about Blizzard games, but for whatever reason, they seem to bring out the community that'll have a slap fight. <laughs> yeah, like oh that that guy was a character. He yeah. was a character, <laughs> definitely. It's times like that, like, I don't know, sometimes it breaks the the competitiveness of it and just yeah. makes, makes it so funny. Yeah, because he wiped the floor with me all all of, I think it's best, it's like best of nine maybe, you have to win five matches, and he kicked my butt every one, but <laughs> he, it was still fun, just his commentary on things, you know, it was just, it was fun. Yeah. Made it fun for me. I yeah. haven't had any, I, had, I mean, I've only probably played three or four hours since I started playing again, but. Haven't had anyone be a, a jerk or a d bag or anything, so they've so done cool. a lot to filter that out at this point. Yeah, uh, I know well, if I mean, you insult somebody, it replaces the insult with a compliment. Oh, nice! At one point, <laughs> that's like pretty that. good. Yeah, so so pl- I played that. Uh, I'm also I revisited Soma, which is really good. I want to I want to finish that off. I want to find out how how all the events go down and then and then I want to talk to Corey about it. How far along are you? Uh I'm at the part where you're uh you're all, I'm almost headed down to the launch of a certain thing. Okay, so you're 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 getting there. I'm close. Would three Not quarters spoil of the anything, way but yeah, I, well that whole trip is kind of long, so I, I'm not sure okay. where you are in that trip. But yeah, you're good. I haven't there. I haven't started descending yet. Okay. Yep, you're getting there. But yeah, uh, I I'm just so into that game. Like I just really like the the way the sci-fi is going, and I don't want to talk about it because you know, really talking about it at all is kind of a spoiler. You know, you kind of got that Firewatch thing going on too with the interactions with yeah. the. Uh, yep. Artificial intelligence. Yeah. Kind of. Kind of. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Uh, I I've meant to bring that up the past few weeks, Corey. I'm glad you remembered. So it's like what a great way. Not that it's easy to do because you have to have good voice acting. You have to have good writing yep. to do it su- successfully. But it's a really good way to carry somebody through a game. Yeah. Because uh, I mean, Soma is mostly mostly walking and puzzle solving. There's. Mm-hmm. A little bit of bad guy dodging, which are those are actually my least favorite parts. Yeah, mine too. That game could have done I, without I them. Yeah, I don't think that was necessary. They or they probably could have done that a little bit better. But well, that's the uh, thing. I I like the threat of that because I think it, yeah, you know, it gets your heart racing. It gives you a uh, uh, actual game to play. You know, something that you can fail yep. at. So there is a fear 
there. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I'm with you that some of it I could have done without. Yeah. But yeah, I've I love that game. So I'm excited though. I think I'm gonna go upstairs and play Doom. I'm gonna test out my new new keyboard. Yeah. Really, uh, really give it a go and in Doom. So. All right, Will, what do you got? I want to talk about some Final Fantasy 15. Yeah, Corey, you want you want to talk about some Final Fantasy 15? Corey's occupado. Oh, dang it, Corey. Um, so, sorry, I'm here. This, you're here. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> I was talking to you, Corey a little bit about this today. It, holy crap! This game does so much. <sighs> I can't even find words for it. The boss fights in this game are some of the most fun boss fights that I've ever done in a video game. They're cool. And it's it's weird too. Not to, I'm sorry to jump on your train of thought yeah. here, but it's weird too because it's one of those things that when it's happening you're like, I'm not sure what I'm doing. Like the game just takes you and runs with you. And you're like, I'm not yeah. really sure what I'm doing, but I feel like I'm in control and I feel like I'm doing a pretty good job and this is awesome, you know? Like the one fight we talked about was the Leviathan boss fight. Yeah, that's the one. Like I see, you don't need like I don't. Games do not need to make boss fights difficult to do them well because right. that boss fight was not hard at all. Mm-mm. They wanted you to beat that, but the way that they did it was so powerful and fun and made it so awesome that like. I was just whacking away at Leviathan with all of these weapons, and I was like, I don't know what's going on, but this is incredible. And, like, the I know your gripes were with the story, Corey, but I have loved the story of the game so far. Uh, I'm on Chapter 13, I should say. I'll get to that in a second. But, like, the stakes of what was going on, like, at that point in the story, I was like, all right, let's go mess up Leviathan's day because Leviathan was being kind of a dick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. Like, I agree. You know, the stakes were really high. I just think the story, uh, as a complete tale, I think is is very lackluster. But that's just me. Well, they they supposedly patched in some of the stuff that was missing. Yeah. With with, I don't know what, but they supposedly fixed some of that stuff. I mean, when I story, when I beat it, Corey, like I'll talk to you about um some of the story. But like, I'm really really liking it so far. Like. I'm loving everything about this game. It's I'm so happy I picked it my game of the year. I was worried that I picked it game of the year too early, and I'd kind of fall out of favor with it later in the game. Right. Um, my only complaint so far, recent, is in Chapter 13 uh, with Noctis. I think they dragged that out a little too far. You know what I'm talking about? Is that the one where you are going through the complex alone yeah that, that's the one a lot of people had a big issue with i think the only reason i don't think it's bad on its own but i don't think it fits into the pace of the rest of the game and i think that's why it feels so out of place it like i don't mind the complete pace change because what's going on and like why you're in the situation you're in yeah. um but i just feel like it's going on a little too long because well, what the... and there's Go a ahead. stealth component to it which is always annoying uh, especially see, I, out of play stealth. Well, yeah, this, this game does not any, do stealth well. I was gonna say if you haven't done that in the rest of the game, like there nice. is one other part where you do stealth, but it's more it, that part's more fun. Yeah. So the the thing I just did, Corey, was I got 
the sword from Ravis. Okay. Um, I don't know. How close would do you think I'm one sit down from beating it tonight? Yeah. 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 Okay. So if you're, I, done, I with, if you're done with 13, yeah, you're 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 there. Did you, okay. Did so you get on the train yet? The train, like where you get um with. Remember the when you asked big... me if there's a snow biome, and I said yes. Yeah. You've done that. Yeah, that part's cool. Yeah. That being on that yeah. train is awesome. Yeah, and like when you're on the uh, the train, when you go back on the train after you do some fighting, and Gladi uh, Gladiolus is just like Noctis, you need to get in here, and then like everybody's gone, you're like, what just happened? Yeah, good stuff. So so good. Um, I will say that one of my friends who played it and beat it, who uh, is not big into Final Fantasy, um, only really played 13 is the only one that he played. He said that he felt like shedding a tear at the end of the game. Yeah. So, and there is a lot of really, like, with Ignis, Corey, and Lunafreya after the Leviathan stuff mm-hmm. stuff that happened. Like, I was upset about that. Yep. Like, that stuff was crazy. That's, like, the, the, that's what, those characters are so good, but they, each of them only has, like, one, uh, what's the word, like, one moment. I don't want to give too much away here. I think they could have done a lot more with those characters because I think they're so well done, and I think it was a missed opportunity. Granted, what they I did think... do, I really, really enjoyed. I thought it was awesome, and it was uh, yeah. didn't they didn't beat you over the head with it, which I thought was a welcome change from all the past Final Fantasy games. Those character moments, uh, yeah. But I think there could have been more. There could have been more development of those characters leading into so... their 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 moment with uh, Noctis. So yeah, like definitely with. Um... I don't think that applies to Ignis Prompto and Gladiolus because you traveled with them the whole game and right. you learn a lot about them. Because like what happened to Ignis, like I am still bummed out about. Mm-hmm. Like that, I can't believe that. Yeah. So like that, but like with Luna Freya, like you you know a little bit about her, but you don't have too much. You don't know too much about her. Right. You know, and then like what ha- like all the stuff that happened with the Leviathan stuff, and like you don't know a ton about Ravis, but like. When what's her face? Uh, after you do chapter twelve and you get on the train with Biggs and Wedge, um, mm-hmm. and she tells you about why why Ravis had the sword and stuff like that, and you're like, oh, yeah. so like that was his moment, and then like you knew nothing about him. You know a lot about Arden, kinda, because he's been there the whole game. All right? Did you watch um, the uh, movie? I forget the name now. Escapes me. So King's Glaive. Uh, so I'm gonna play, beat the game tonight, and probably watch it tomorrow night. Okay. Just um, curious. I was gonna t- tell you to set up the Plex server. Now is like Noctis and everybody in that one? Yeah. No. No. I don't no. think so. If they are, it's just references. It's it's focused on the like the king's guard, the people who defend the king. Okay. So that ties into what happened in Crown City at the yeah. beginning of the game. That's what it's about. Yeah. That I want to know more about that. So you see a lot of Arden and. Um, King uh, Regis or whatever his name is. Yes, Noctis is dead. Okay. Yep. yep. But boy, like th- honestly, this game could honestly crack my top ten all-time games because I I really love this game. Yeah, it's real good. Yeah, real it's, good. It's uh, it's one of the best Final Fantasies that they've put out in a really really long time. Um, it's gonna be weird having four games in my top 10 that are going to be Final Fantasy. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot. 
Um, but yeah, that's it for me. Like I really haven't played too much else. Okay. What do you got, Corey? Uh, just briefly, I, I, I wanted to play them enough to that I installed them and played about five minutes of them. Final Fantasy 13 Lightning Returns, the Final Fantasy 13 game I didn't play. And uh, I played eh, half an hour of it or so and uh, really enjoyed it. And that game, I guess, uh, a lot of people really enjoy uh, Lightning Returns. It, it got much better, much more respect than uh, was critically. It was given critically. It got much more fan respect. Apparently did a lot of things mm-hmm. right. So uh, maybe I'll play some more of that i don't know and uh, also knights of the old republic 2 which i did play like an hour uh, hour of years ago uh but just recently reinstalled it and uh start playing that a little bit with with some mods some graphical mods there so but not enough to talk about there either so that's it okay sounds good uh feedback we did have one piece of feedback from none other than idaho jake Hey guys, I hope all your holidays went went well. I was going to do my thummy picks, but I didn't really play anything, and the only games I've been playing is Skyrim and Fallout 4. I will be getting Horizon, and I think I will wait to see about getting a Switch. I guess it all depends on what Nintendo announces tomorrow. Now, for the Idaho Jake question of the week, what is the coolest gift you got this year, and was your favorite board game to play with family? My favorite gift was my first Blackhawk shirt my wife got me, and my favorite board game is Pit. Thanks, guys, and carry on. Uh, I'll just go briefly here. My favorite gift I got this year was skis that my girlfriend got me, skis and ski boots. I haven't done any skiing since uh, high school, thinking back on it, and uh, it was nice to get something, get a gift that I can uh, actually do something meaningful with with in my life, uh, which skiing is something I've always enjoyed. So. Uh, and we actually did go this past weekend and had a real good time. And now it's it's a little bit more fun, and I probably shouldn't say this out loud because we can go to the lodge and have a couple beers in between runs, which mm-hmm. just is so much fun. And actually, oh, yeah. we watched uh, we went in in time to watch some of the Winter Classic on the TV, and I had a couple Utica clubs and uh, had a burger, and then we went back out and did a couple more runs. So it's uh, a nice. it's a, a welcome change, welcome addition to my life, I should say, is is to have the ability to go skiing without having to spend. 80 bucks every time I go. Yeah. I actually want to pick up snowboarding, Corey, so it's funny that you got skis for yeah. Christmas. Hey, anytime you uh, want to go, let me know. We'll, uh, Sophie's a beginner ski boarder, or snowboarder, too, so. Okay. I, I really, like, because I love snow, like, you guys know that, uh, and I never do anything with it. I want to, like, actually start doing something with it. Yeah. So, I'm going to pick up snowboarding, I think, at some point. What was the coolest gift you got, Will? Uh, so for Christmas, it's easily my McDavid jersey. Um, but it's funny. My one friend, uh, Johnny for my birthday, he forgot my birthday last year. So I gave him a hard time about it all year because that's how I am. He actually (laughs) ended up getting me an Austin Matthews Centennial classic jersey. Wow. Nice. Yeah. I was like, holy crap. When he told me and that, cause I was gushing about how much I loved those jerseys. Um, and then he's just like, it was because I forgot your birthday. So I got that coming. So he made up for it. Yeah. In a big way. So now I have to try and figure out how I one up him. Okay. But yeah, those are easily, I'm trying to collect jerseys from every NHL team. So Mick, Mick David and Matthews are my two favorite players. Huh? So nice. Yeah. Uh, for me, it was the shirts I talked about earlier for my wife. And then, uh, for our family christmas uh secret santa thing my aunt and uncle got or was it my aunt it was my aunt got me 12 cans of 
uh, Gridlock energy drink, which is my current favorite energy drink. Nice. And then she's the one that got me the Xbox One wireless adapter for my computer, too. So, oh, uh, both great gifts. Wow, so. she got you some good stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So those those are my favorite. Uh, anything else from Jake? That's it. Oh, he wanted to know what our favorite games to play with our family is. Uh, Oh, board game? Yeah, the one we played the most was Wits and Wagers. We always played that with with family over the holidays. I played that on New Year's Eve. That's a good game. I don't remember it. You don't remember Wits and Wagers? Did I play it? I'm pretty sure you played it before. It's trivia, but you you also gamble on who you think has the right answer. Okay, I remember playing that once. Yeah, that's a fun game. I think the board game I most had fun with was Risk, Risk Legacy, playing with you guys. Oh, yeah. And Eric. Eric oh, and yeah. Graham. Definitely. That was good stuff. Great game. What about you, Will? Um, I probably have to agree with Corey. I really liked Wits and, uh, Wits and Wagers. I also really liked Risk Legacy, as you said. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's any other board game that I've played with people within the last two years. Uh, no, I don't think so. I'd have to say those two. Those are the ones that I've played the most, probably. So Okay. All right, that's everything, right? Well, actually, Tito just sent us in a uh, latecomer to feedback. Okay. Um, cool. It looks pretty lengthy, though. You want to save it for next week? He said that's fine if we want to save it for next week. Yeah, I know you, you said you had to go, right, Corey? Yeah, I do. He did some, uh, okay. some, some picks uh, for thummies and stuff, so... That, I okay. think that would yeah, be more we'll... fun to go over with Eric anyway. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Okay, so we will save that for next week, Tito. Yep. What I do want to say, uh, what what I think we're going to start doing is <clears throat> to encourage more feedback from people, because it's one of my favorite parts of the episode. Uh, we're mm-hmm. going to start going back to doing game giveaways, and I think the way we're going to do it is for every piece of feedback you submit, you get entered in a drawing uh, for a game giveaway, a PC game. It won't be, you know, you're not going to see... Uh, top tier triple a giveaways but it'll just be a fun little way to to win uh maybe an indie here and there or some sort of uh crappy game that you might end up enjoy playing who knows but uh we'll we'll talk more about that probably next week yeah uh yeah next week's episode will be our 2017 games preview part two with like depending on when the episode airs uh maybe the switch episode will be the week after so um that's our at least next two episodes anyway. So, yeah, that'll do it for episode 285 of the Thumbstick Athletes podcast. I'm your host, Dan. Well, Corey. Thanks for listening and get out of my basement. Yeah!